So everyone, welcome back to church. This is Church United. Our, uh, our series that we've already um, kind of tried to set up well with a couple of Sundays in, in talking about the prayer of Jesus in John 17, that, that, that we might be one as the Father, Son, and Spirit are one. And so it's my pleasure to introduce to you Todd from Sutherland Church, just up the hill from me. Let's give him a round of applause again, just because he's so awesome. And so what we're going to be doing is um, initially, as we kind of thought about, we thought, oh, maybe we'll get Todd to come and do a sermon. And then I thought, no, it would be much better for there to be a conversation between us because then uh, Todd doesn't have to prepare a sermon. Ha-ha, a little gift to you. Fantastic. You're welcome. But also that, that we could hear a little bit about um, each other's churches. And so some of that partnership, as I've told you about last week, is already developing just in terms of Todd inviting us to come and, and to pray with some of his folks last week. Um, but yeah, this next little bit is just going to be a, a conversation. So, Todd, before you tell us about your church, uh, tell us a little bit about you. I've got some questions here that Todd's uh, probably prepared to give answers for, but um, I might throw in a few other curveballs. Great. You're probably okay with that. So, Todd, tell us about you. How long have you lived on the North Shore? And tell us about your family. Uh, thanks for having me here. First, it's great to be here. It feels really great. And I think for ministers to come and, and worship in another church, there's always that kind of, I don't have to worry about anything, and you get to participate. But beyond that, uh, there, it's, it's, a, it's a joy to be in the presence of the Spirit in this gathered community, and uh, so I'm grateful. So uh, how long have I lived on the North Shore? Since um, 1980, I suppose. I was very young. Um, moved from Ontario, and uh, uh, family, uh, been married to Jennifer for 26 years, and we have a 20-year-old son and an 18-year-old son, yeah. And um, tell us three things that you love and three pet peeves. I'm, I'm one, I, I didn't give you any more qualification for that, so I don't know if they're going to be like super spiritual or not. But. They're all really spiritual. Okay, Because I'm, so. I'm obviously going to preach. <laughs> There's enough room to... Um, no, uh, so it doesn't matter what I say. I'll say the things I love first. Three things I love. So you can't put like Jesus and family there because that's obvious. So then you go... Um, so things I love. Uh, I love cycling. I ride my bike just about every day or try to ride every day. And I realized that I like getting out and not having my phone to answer. Though the new computer I have actually shows you the text while you're riding, so that's not great. But anyway, um, and you only get a little bit of it. You get like, remember, we must. And then, you look, but anyway, um, I love cycling. Um, I was asking some friends this, like, what, it's almost like, you know, what are your three greatest strengths? And we don't like doing that kind of thing that much. So um, they said, you should say that uh, you love culture, which is, you know, an interesting kind of, but I think what they were getting at is I do have a love for um, experiencing and knowing the presence of God in, in the wider world. Um, so, I mean, many of us would, would share that. But so I was out early this morning riding and, and thinking, and just, you have these moments it was beautiful, the weather was perfect, the air was crisp, and you could hear the birds, and I was up kind of in uh, Lynn Canyon area, and you're just struck with this, the whole earth is full of his glory. But that, for me, would include reading, you know, 
all kinds of things, news and whatever else that show me the longing of the human heart, that, that show me this uh, longing for the presence of God even where we don't necessarily um, identify it as such. Um, I think you said three, but that's two and that's long enough, so I'll go to pet peeves. Um, the strongest pet peeve I can think of right now is my dishwasher. It works well, it's a nice Bosch dishwasher, we placed it, replaced it a few years ago, but it beeps when it's done. It just goes beep, beep, like high pitch, higher than I can do, and it'll beep for three times and then wait like 20 minutes and then beep again and then beep again, and I hate it. I just, I don't like thinking about it right now because when you put the dishes in, that's when you turn to wanna go relax, and then it's just really preachy. So I don't like the, the dishwasher beep. Preacher appli- preachy appliances of any kind, I think that. Um, a second pet peeve, again, asking friends, so they helped identify this one. Um, some said Christianese. I-, I think maybe more God talk. Um, and I think that might be related to the things that I love in that I have probably a keen sense, I would think too keen sometimes. It's, it's not always helpful. It can be damaging. Um, for kind of made up stuff or subculture things that, that seem to in, encase God into a, a particular experience. So, I don't know, Christianese, whatever, and sometimes I'll push against it, but I notice it here. It's not Christianese, but it's like Mulgravies. And that's the kind of thing people like me notice when they first, like everything's named. Like this, the stage has a name. And this chair is the Strilchuk family chair. <laughs> And, and, the, and so it, I, I think, yeah, th- th- those kind of things can be pet peeves that, that culturally kind of set me off a little bit. That's two pet peeves, that's enough. Preachy appliances, preachy chairs. Yeah, preachy yeah, generally, right, and I'm yeah. a preacher. Okay, yeah. yeah, anyway. <laughs> that's awesome, Todd, that gives us a great, uh, and that's accurate a little bit from what I already know of you, like those okay. things are like, <laughs> yeah. That, that lines up for sure. Yeah. Um, so the next question I asked Todd to consider is, um, Todd, if you had to pick one Bible text to reflect your personal story with Christ uh, or your present experience with Christ, what would it be? Read the text to us and tell us why. So you asked for one, I picked three. Um, the, the most haunting image to me in scripture, like that stays in my prayers, actually an Old Testament image, and it's that of Ezekiel. I can't read the whole thing because it's like, it's a long book in chapter 40 and on. Um, there's the dry bone stuff, which most of you know, which is great, but, but that's not the image I'm talking about. I'm talking about toward the end, Ezekiel has this vision of a renewed temple. Like everything's just, they've experienced such devastation and despair, including Ezekiel. Sometimes it seems that the word of the Lord has, has led him to experience that despair. Um, terrible object lessons God tries to, or God works through his life, including losing his wife. And, and the end of the book, though, starts in 40 and goes through, and eventually, I don't know what, chapter 45 or something, you get this trickle of water coming out of the temple, out of the, and, it, and he's instructed to put his foot in there, and eventually, anyway, the, the, the deal is that he winds up floating in this life, this water, and there's just life all around on both banks of this, and I just see Ezekiel caught up. So that is like the most haunting image to me in a a positive way, a beautiful way, Um, but there's pain in it. But my favorite verses in my own story come from the book of John, 
the beginning when Jesus is calling the disciples and he has this interaction with Philip and then Philip gets Nathaniel and Nathaniel says, what good can come from Nazareth? Like we found, we found the Messiah. He's, and then Jesus encounters Nathaniel soon after that but speaks to him before Nathaniel says anything and he says, oh, here's an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And Nathaniel says, uh, how did you know me? And Jesus said, I, I knew you or I saw you before when you were under the tree. And that to me, I realized in my life well before I knew the voice of God, I was known. And some of the things that I experienced as security or joy even as a child um, in difficult circumstances, I can look back now and say I was known. And the bookend to that, it's my longest answer I think, the bookend to that is the end of the book when Jesus is appearing to the disciples um, and they've, He's already appeared to them, but kind of confusingly and on their behalf. And they go back fishing. You know the story, right? The end of John. And Jesus appears on the, on the shore. And it's Peter who kind of gets who he is. It's, it's the Lord. And they, they're terrible fishermen, so they can't catch anything. So he has said, you know, try the other side, which I would assume they had done. But anyway, when he says it, they get this huge haul of fish and it's so much that they can't kind of drag the net in. Peter jumps in the water and runs towards Jesus, who the last significant encounter he'd had with Jesus had been his denial, his, this three-time denial. And of course, on the side, on that shore, Jesus says, do you love me, do you love me, do you love me? He just erases the denial. And I realize in my life, my own sin, my own, that my sin is much more of, obviously, a burden for me than it is for Christ, that he deals with it. But the peak of that story for me is when Jesus says to them just before that, he says, um, it, I honestly experience this as like a big thing. People think it's just cute and clever, but I, Jesus says to them, come and have breakfast. And I've always held in my own spiritual life that he's so inviting like that. <laughs> I, The heart of everything in the end is this uh, longing to, to simply be with him. And I'm so very, very grateful for that and remain so um, even after years of ministry. I still uh, still feel that. So there's the sermon. So good, Todd, so good. Um, so my follow-up question, I realize I haven't asked you here. So you have lived on the North Shore since the 80s. How long have you actually been a pastor? I... Um, Went to Simon Fraser University, graduated there in 91, I guess, and was married in 92 and became and came on staff at Sutherland in 92. I was attending the church, actually met my wife there. And, um, and uh, so since night, I was youth pastor at Sutherland from 1992 through 2002, and then worked at St. Andrew St. Stephen's Presbyterian Church, great Presbyterian church here on the North Shore for two years, two years and a bit, and then was called back into the senior role at Sutherland. So it's kind of a curious, and have been there for 15, 14, something like that, years since. So total years at Sutherland? 25. 25 years Mm -hmm. as the pastor. Youth pastor, 10 years youth pastor, Mm -hmm. 15 years. Right, so I sometimes think like, I guess they, can blame it on me. <laughs> it's been that long that you think, who's been part of the church for that long? Oh, me. Anyway. <laughs> I think that's a wonderful yeah, testimony, yeah, actually. Yeah. I'm it grateful is. for it. 
so Todd, tell us about the North Shore and your church. Uh, how would you describe the North Shore to a fellow pastor living elsewhere in Canada? Uh, I mean, w housing prices. That's what do you talk about in, in North Vancouver or the North Shore? But so I think that would fit in there somewhere. But having been a pastor for some time, you often, not always, it's, it's a character to say this, but you often move to kind of the difficult things. So you hear things like, oh, the North Shore is really hard ground. You know, or there's no tougher place to be a church than, I would imagine, West Vancouver. Um, and I think there's truth in those things, so I don't want to discount them. But what's much more interesting to me is the light. And the North Shore is such a place of God's glory and this hunger for God. And um, so I think I would describe it very positively and say it's, it's a great place to live with some real pressures, particularly the cost of living for many people and often for, for younger people particularly. Um, but that the churches tend to get along uh, quite well and, and can build relationships and that it's a, it might be a hard place to minister, but what better place to minister if that's the case, so. Great, give us a brief history of your church and its current reality, its joys and its challenges. Um, Sutherland was or is a church in the Plymouth Brethren tradition. So there's some here who are familiar with that tradition. I, my heritage is Mennonite and then Baptist. And then I came to Sutherland when there was kind of this influx of people from what at the time was Delbrook Baptist Church, including Dan Cochran, who had been an associate minister there. And I kind of wound up after some time following Dan over. And, uh, and then the Baptists infiltrated the Brethren Church. But the Plymouth Brethren, to put it quickly, are kind of a, not kind of, they're a breakaway of the Anglican Church over a couple hundred years ago. Um, and they were formed to basically be really open so the idea was communion was really quite controlled. And so a number of Anglican priests and others formed this church that was supposed to be open, but like a lot of movements, quickly became rigid. So there was closed brethren and open brethren. Uh, our church now, it's definitely in the open side of that and it has become a community church. Uh, we try to hang on to the positive heritage and most of it is very positive, high regard for scripture. and um, But it's not all easy. There's There's a dispensational strain there, so not that long ago there'd be real suspicion, not anymore, but if people raise their hands in church or any kind of charismatic expression, because the teaching in some brethren circles was that time is done. And it was, in, in my experience, a fairly conservative movement. It was only, I don't know, I guess it's like eight, nine years ago that we uh, had uh, men and women in leadership. When I first came back, it was still all men on the elders board, and so that was a transition. But now it's really a community church with people from all different kinds of churches there. Yeah. Uh, I love the little story that you told me once, Todd, about uh, when the elders at Sutherland invited you to come, and they kind of asked you if you had any like mm. things that you're going to be pushing against, and you, your, your answer about women in ministry was very wise, I think. Can you tell us a little bit about Oh, that? yeah, I do remember that, okay. Um, yeah, I, I said, they asked me when I came back, so I'd been gone as an associate minister at the Presbyterian Church and then came back. They were thinking of maybe closing the church or it had gone through a difficult time. And uh, 
And so when I came back, they said that the elders board at the time, all men said, do you have anything that's really troubling you? And there were like, what, what do you think is going to be a challenge for you? And I said, well, there's some kind of niggling little things. But the, but the main one is I, I have a, quite a different view on, on leadership in terms of women and men sharing leadership. And I said, but I will, here's what I would like to do. I just, I won't say anything about that until you guys start asking men who are clearly less qualified than women who are in our midst. And in a number of years, that started happening. <laughs> and so I just chimed in a little bit and said, remember when I, and then they took it from there. Um, I didn't have to say things from the front or they went and studied and did, and, and one of the people who had been most staunchly opposed to shared leadership or uh, um, switched his view. And when we, when we did um, change the leadership structure, uh, we had, as far as I know, one, only one person leave and he's remained a good a good friend. Uh, he just had a hard time with it, so, yeah. Yeah, there's just such a wisdom in your answer, Todd, and obviously a high level of trust that the community had in you given your long-standing history. Yeah, nice. Um, so, I don't think we mentioned specifically where Sutherland Church is, so it's right across from Sutherland High School on Sutherland and like 23rd? 19th. 19th? 19th, yeah. So, yeah, close to me for sure. Yeah. Um, you could walk there. I know. <laughs> um, tell me, so do you want to tell us a little bit about the, um, your recent, your, mm -hmm, your journey? And there may be some development even. I don't know what's happened in the week since we've Yeah, um, where we're at now as a church, um, it, it's a relatively healthy church or a quite healthy in terms of people getting along and there's interesting mix in terms of some new people who've come in and their faith perspectives. So I really see some, some movement ahead. At the same time, we have a building problem where the building that was completed in 1996 is a total leaky condo. So, and I'm smiling about it because I actually feel great about it. I see God's hand in this. I don't think he made it a leaky condo, but in terms of calling us to move forward. And it looks now like it's going to cost an awful lot of money to fix it. And we're not a big congregation. In fact, we never really probably needed the building the size that it was. So um, I think tomorrow the bids come in for how much it's going to cost. And it's going to be like a you know, three gazillion dollars or something like, and we're going to have to decide, do we, you know, borrow the money and, and repair this or are we being kind of called to consider what should we be doing in terms of buildings and church? So we've looked at redevelopment with some Christian vision, um, compelled by Christian vision, and we just don't know. But those numbers apparently are coming in tomorrow, though I've been told a few other days and haven't seen them yet. And so we'll have to start making decisions then. My interest there is that it's pastoral, right? That, that people would be more committed to one another than they are to an outcome on the whatever project we have. And I do see that so far, so I'm pleased. Mm -hmm. It's so great that Todd has this, uh, what I've called a, a holy curiosity about the process. Like he doesn't, he really does not appear to be super anxious about it. Um, and it's a huge thing, right, in terms of the future of the church. But uh, it's, it's neat to kind of be around him and just to see his anticipation and his holy curiosity about it. Um, 
Todd, could you imagine ways in which we could partner with you and your church for the sake of the gospel? This is not, uh, I'm not saying, you know, we don't have a plan that we're mm -hmm. rolling out, so it's not roll out the five-year mm -hmm. plan, but it's just, what wonderings might you have? Like, what mm -hmm. what prompted you even to invite me and a few others mm -hmm. from CAP to, to pray uh, together last week? Like, what, what are some ways in which, what are the wonderings you have about a partnership? Yeah, what prompted me was my own prayer life, frankly, a number of months ago, um, praying about Sutherland's future, the, really the future witness to the gospel on the North Shore, and in those prayers, these are now personal prayers, a uh, cap came up. <laughs> and then, you know, you kind of trial balloon stuff. So then in some conversations with some friends, and we share, you know, some common relationships and friendships, our, our communities already. So in conversations with some friends, I would maybe just mention, you know, I was praying and thinking of cap church. And, and so it is quite interesting to me that not that much longer from then, we're praying together and then this kind of thing is happening. And so it really is, when you say, what could you imagine? It's all imaginative right now. It's, it's this big question, because I know you guys are asking similar questions to us. Uh, what does it mean to witness to the gospel of Christ on the North Shore? And what does that have to do with buildings and whatever else? So it really is a, a, remains a prayer. Lord, are you, are you showing us a way forward in terms of partnering in, 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 you know, deeper ways. And, uh, um, yeah, I just, I, st I feel really positive about that. Any sense of not feeling stress is simply the grace of God. Like, you, you, you don't know what you're gonna feel when these things happen, and then you just, oh, Holy Spirit, thank you. And I feel that in terms of the partnership, to, to ask, like, what are we being called to in terms of this um, community witness? So I just want to keep asking together and maybe expand that circle of asking and I trust the Holy Spirit will guide and reveal as, as we ask together. Thank you. So the next question for Todd, uh, I think I'm actually going to invite you to respond as well. So the, the question for Todd is, what would you say, Todd, by way of a charge or an encouragement to us here at CAP? And um, after... Uh, after Todd kind of says what he has thought about saying, I want to invite any of you just to um, share your words of encouragement with, with Todd as well as you've been listening. What words of affirmation do you have? Uh, and I think maybe a little bit, if we have some time, I might even invite you to ask questions a little bit later on. But right now, um, we'll invite Todd just to kind of share his charge to us. And then if you have words of encouragement, you want to speak to Todd, um, then we'll open it up to have you guys just call out in a loud voice, hmm. one or two words, words of encouragement. Thanks. So yeah, your turn. Um, the first part of the charge would, would be, um, <laughs> it sounds so big, like be who you are. It's, I, I've experienced that in, in our history of our church, which has been mostly positive, but you still have those times where over social issues or a view of, of something scripturally that there's division, I suppose, certainly difference. And I guess I've been at this long enough where there was a time when I would kind of protect <laughs> my views as if, in a way, the person who held the most rigid view must be the most Christian. And, and then I realized, hang on a sec, I'm reading scripture every day, I'm praying every day, I care deeply about my faith. And some of the views that I have 
doesn't matter if other people share them. I, I can differ with someone, that's fine. But I have these views not in spite of my Christian faith, but because of my Christian faith. And so I think there's, I, I kind of, sense this, that there are some similarities in that regard to some of the things that Cap has, has worked through and been through and seen people kind of come and go. Um, we've seen some, some, some of the same people come and go, people that I love, friends of mine. Um, they've been at Sutherland and been at Cap and might be elsewhere. Um, and that is that strong, vibrant faith, that call to mission that is not kind of underneath some other thing, but churches that even differ on on some social issues or whatever can work together. So that's a big, that's the overall part, but two-part charge would be, and this one I'm sensitive to because I'm not totally sure, so you come in hearing things, you know, how are things going at that church? And uh, My anticipation is that you guys, like what I think is correct at least, is that you guys over the last couple of years have been through some some change, some would say difficulty, whatever. Um, When I came back to Sutherland, 15 years ago, the church, as I say, almost closed, and there was real, we had lost like a hundred and some people, and we're not big. Um, and I prayed about it, and I felt in the Holy Spirit, God lay on my heart, you need, and I could see, I could look out and see people in pain, right? Their friends who were sitting beside them were gone now from the community. And I felt in the Holy Spirit, God saying, help these people pursue me, our Lord Jesus saying this, help these people pursue me more than they pursue healing. Because if, if, you, if even helping pursue healing, which isn't a bad thing, but it'll, it'll help them be more and more aware of their pain. Whereas if they pers- pursuing me shows the future and actually opens up reconciliation with people that there might be some strain with. So that would be the first part of my charge, would be pursue what Christ has for you in the days ahead as Cap Church. It feels great here, <laughs> like as a Christian coming here. And you, you can walk into that future um, uh, positively. And I, that's the second part is, is to say that, I don't know, maybe all ministers feel this often or, I do think something kind of is happening in, on the North Shore in terms of how we are church together and what our kind of little silos have been, not necessarily negatively, but that this question of what does it mean to witness together as the church of Jesus Christ and that that is really, really future-oriented. One, I was gonna put in my pet peeves, but I don't wanna upset people with it, so I, if I would go to Regent or somewhere, um, and this almost never happened at Regent, just a couple of times, if I could sum up the talk or lecture series or whatever um, with things used to be better, I, I would always push away, even if things did used to be better. Uh, I always thought we need more to say than that, and you need to be, even if we have a good, positive nostalgia, we need to be compelled towards that future in ministry, and I'm really hopeful for that right now. Amen, I've never been as hopeful. Yeah. Yeah, Lord, we're grateful for uh, Todd's appearance here this Sunday morning. We recognize a spirit that is upon him. It's actually uh, much bigger than him, and we're receiving something from you this morning through him. And uh, that's just his humility and sensitivity. We recognize his commitment to the North Shore, his commitment to the church. And there's a weightiness to what he's uh, brought here this morning. 
thank you for a spirit of responsiveness here amongst us as well. And we recognize that you are um, percolating something here. And so just uh, as we go forward from here, might we be receptive to what that is? Might we continue to walk in the same posture that um, Todd has kind of shown us today and walk into uh, what is next for us as a church and uh, for Sutherland as a church and even the, uh, wider than that on the North Shore and beyond? Well, sometimes, Lord's, or Lord, I admit, I feel like an alien for being optimistic about the church on the North Shore. And I don't know exactly why besides our Savior Jesus Christ and the Spirit's power to move. And I think of a quote I heard last week. Even the hostile are disarmed by the loving touch of a Christian. And I met a guy with a loving touch. And he shared with us today, so bless him. Thank you for the way that his sons care for their friends and their peers. And the way you fill him with optimism for the North Shore when there may only be one reason why. So bless him and keep him in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for Cap Church and all its history. Um, I know that your view is always so much higher than ours, but that actually brings you closer to us because the things that we so often think are important or that can derail us, um, Lord God, you have that proper view. We pray now for your church on the North Shore. Come, Holy Spirit. Reveal to us your people trusting in you, Lord Jesus Christ. Reveal to us uh, how to walk in your way, not with anxiety, not even with haste, but with confidence that you are calling us to a new thing. We thank you, Lord, that times have changed and are changing. We thank you for those who have gone before us, living in a time in the Christian church that there was much more connection potentially to society as a whole. But now we have this tremendous gift, this privilege of bearing witness in a place where so many maybe have never heard, Lord Jesus Christ, of your love and your power. So compel us in that. I pray for Cap Church. Thank you for this community and all that they've been through and more than that, where you are calling them to. I have in my mind and heart now as I pray, Lord, also to thank you for those who are not here, those who have been part of Cap Church and are no longer part, but that remain brothers and sisters, Lord Jesus Christ, in you. We know that in the end you reconcile all things. And so may the witness of your church on the North Shore include uh, cross those lines, even of people who have had differences, that we would know and still might that we would know that we together worship you, our Lord Jesus Christ. So bless this church, we pray, even as we go into the summer and the challenges that are, that are there present right now. Bless this church in terms of location and questions and whatever else, and call us together for this work. Um, can I ask people to stand? This just feels like a stand thing I'm going to read at the end. It's from a little Anglican prayer thing I do each morning, scripture reading and prayer. So 
I'm aware that it sounds kind of churchy, which I said was one of my pet peeves, but it's Anglican. So it just says, it's one of the ending prayers of this uh, Trinity mission I listened to. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. We pray for Cap and for Sutherland and the whole church, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Kim, thank you so much. Deeply appreciative. Yeah, really thankful.